Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Church in all our local congregations, we're going through the whole season of prayer. And we've had some absolutely brilliant messages, teaching on prayer over the last few weeks off the back of, well, through the prayer and fasting then into this month of February. And we're going to continue on into March. And all these, all the things that God is doing and speaking about in relation to prayer, whether it's personal relationship and prayer or more corporately how we are, it's, it's like a toolbox that God has given us full of tools, different aspects of prayer, hearing God's voice, praying the word, intercession, uh, praying in tongues, prayer of agreement, meditating on the word, um, persistence in prayer. There's loads and there's more that's going to come out in these next few weeks. It's like God's given us a toolbox and, and any tool only becomes effective if we use it. And you only become effective in using that tool as you use it more and you learn how it works. And, but at the same time, tools also complement one another and can work together to achieve whatever it is that needs to be built, repaired, fixed. I don't know what it might be. In the same way, what God is, is giving us is like an arsenal, weaponry in prayer. Um, and... Again, he's arming us in different ways so that in prayer, that spiritual weaponry, we can be, it can be effective in our lives. But again, any weapon is only as effective as the person using it. And there's different kinds of weapons that do different things. And we know that our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual one. Uh, the principalities, powers and, and dominion, you know, in this world and all that goes on that tries to suppress God's spiritual activity in an individual, in the church, in the body of Christ to be effective. And so God is, he's, he's strengthening the armour, he's building up, he's showing us how to use the, the weapons of warfare and when we use that word warfare, it's not always, it's not about taking on the enemy all the time and focusing on him. But we are in a spiritual war. Um, and, and God is arming us, training us, equipping us in all these different ways. And one of the things we're going to look at briefly this morning is, uh, is thanksgiving. Okay, now sometimes we go, wow, thanksgiving, that doesn't sound as powerful as intercession. Um, or, you know, warring in the spirit or, you know, praying the word and all that. You know, thanksgiving, well, yeah, great, you know. But actually, the, the prayer of thanksgiving is powerful. And we're going to unpack a, a few things uh, in a few verses. And, um, and there's different aspects of thanksgiving. Firstly, you know, we thank God for who he is. We roll into then thanking him for what he's done, whether generally or specifically in our lives. And, and we're thanking him for what he's given us in terms of who he is. We thank him for who, who Jesus is uh, in our lives. We're thanking him for other people. 
uh, and all is done and we're blessed with friendship, we're blessed with family, we're blessed with one another. We're thanking God. There's loads to be thankful for, but, but also there's the reality of thanksgiving in the midst of circumstances, in the midst of what seems impossible. Um, the, the, the power of thanksgiving and the effect that that has on us and around us. And let me just start with a little bit of testimony. Um, I, 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 in my upbringing, I, I was, our home life was just full of being thankful. One of the things that we were, and I'll use this word, you know, the one of the things we were trained to do as kids and my family when we were growing up, or encouraged to, but it's kind of part of training your, your kids and investing in your kids, to, to always be thankful. Always be thankful for who God is, what he's done for you, and what he's doing around you, or what he's doing in other people. So always be thankful, be full of thanksgiving. And, and, and I suppose that, as I was growing up, taught me to be really grateful for all the little things. Grateful for who he is, grateful for how he gives and how he blesses us, and be thankful for all that you have. And if you're thankful for all that you have, you don't end up living a life wanting, wanting more, always going after stuff in that sense. Because you're saying, Father, I thank you for who, who you are. Thank you for what you've given me. Thank you for what you've blessed me with. And, and that's, that thanksgiving then, without realising it, when you talk like that, it just becomes a very natural thing that you do when you pray. Um, but it was something that... I per- and I know my sisters, we were more trained in, just in the family environment. After dinner, every day, we would, we would spend time as a family and with others that live with us, because we always had a household, um, spending time you know, praying, thanking God or in the Word in some way. It didn't turn into a long meeting, but it was always full of thanksgiving. Uh, before any meal, any meal, not just dinner when you, you sit, but breakfast or, or even on my own. Um, before any meal, was all, you know, we say grace. And, and you can either think of that as a religious thing or you can think of it, no, Father, I, I thank you for your provision. I thank you for your goodness. And what, what this taught me as I was growing up was don't ever take anything for granted. Just be thankful in everything all the time. And so even... even um, if I'm on my own and I, and I uh, you know, somewhere and I, I'm out and I'm grabbing lunch or something, I'm always like, Father, thank you for this food. Thank you for your provision. Thank you that you, you bless me in my life. And, and what happens in those, those moments, those little moments of thanksgiving, is you're, you're constantly reminding yourself one of the, the reality of God in your life, his goodness, his provision. Yeah that he's here right now with me, even as I'm about to open a sandwich in a service station on my way to somewhere to do something. I'm saying, Father, I thank you for your provision. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. I thank you you provide. And and it goes beyond just, uh, you know, that. Sometimes we joked at home, depending on who was saying grace, you know, sometimes there was a little bit of a, if they don't hurry up, the food's going to not be cold, it's going to go off, you know. So, uh, you know, so there can be a little bit of that sometimes. Somebody starts to preach a prayer and maybe they start lobbing in a few things they'd like to say to everybody, but they lob it into grace. I don't know, while you, before the meal. But it's like, this, it's, it's, it's a, a way of life, a culture of thanksgiving, okay. And, and we've heard in Psalm 100, 100 those few verses Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So we've kind of covered that. I don't want to go over that again. But where that verse leads is it starts with thanksgiving. It goes into praise and, 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 and then it 
it, it leads you to a place of on your knees, of worship. It's not just thanks and praise in the outer courts. You actually end up right around the throne, worshipping him. Because thanking him for who he is and what he's done leads us into a place of experiencing him, encountering him, knowing him. And so thanksgiving leads us into his presence, whether in a meeting, whether on our own. And thanksgiving opens up the door. So let's have a look at Philippians chapter 4. Verses 4 to 7. There's, there's three things just want to look at in the next few minutes. Um, there's three key things that the Apostle Paul, he, he taught in different contexts in the New Testament here. So there's three, three words, if you like. One is rejoice. Yeah. The next one is pray. And the third one is thanks or give thanks. Those three things, as we're going to see, go together hand in hand. It says here, rejoice in the Lord always. Yeah. I say again, Rejoice. That's, that's a command, isn't it? And why, why is there the command to rejoice? Because we all have moments or we all have days where the last thing in the world you want to do is rejoice. rejoice. What, what does the word rejoice mean? It means an expression of gladness. Now, how many of you feel glad all of the time? If you're an Arsenal fan, that's increased a lot over the last 18 months or so. If you're a Spurs fan, it's going down um, that way. If you're, if you're an England rugby fan, there wasn't a lot to be glad about yesterday. If you're Scottish, which I have a Scottish background, and my dad was constantly saying to me, Clive, your Scottish roots are important, son. Your Scottish roots. And I'm like, yeah, dad, I might have a Scottish surname, but I'm English, really. And uh, rejoice always is a, is a command. Let's have a look and unpack this. Then it says um, here, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Sometimes God doesn't feel that near. As we begin to rejoice, as we begin to worship, what do we do? We're lifting him above ourselves, above our feelings, above our emotions. We're beginning to acknowledge Jesus. In the midst of this, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to remind myself of who you are. And in that context, it then says, do not be anxious about anything. So what's Paul saying? In the midst of anxiety, in the midst of worry, in the midst of challenge, in the midst of every situation, he says here, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So rejoicing is important. That's why, you know, we're encouraging, especially at the moment, during, with what God is doing, we're encouraging everybody, let's worship, yeah. engage, go beyond what you normally do. Yeah. Don't just be dependent on a keyboard player or the band or somebody singing because you are the worshipper. We are the worshippers. You have the spirit of worship on the inside of you. Just let that, that well, just open up that well. Just let that river flow. Just let that life flow. And we begin to rejoice. We begin to lift him and exalt him over our lives in the midst of circumstances. And then he says here, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. So how do we overcome anxiety? How do we overcome worry? How do we overcome challenges? How do we overcome negativity? How do we overcome stuff that is going on? He says here, first rejoice. Then in the midst of that rejoicing, 
where there's anxiety, fear, sickness, worry, bad report, whatever it might be, in the midst of that, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. What I find myself doing in my own life is, um, without realising it, I think just because of what I was taught and what we did at home growing up, I often just start thanking the Lord before I even think about what I'm doing. So when I get up in the morning and spend time with him, I, I personally, I walk up and down a lot just to help me concentrate on what I'm doing. And, uh, and I walk up and down a lot of the time. I just start with, Father, I just thank you. Thank you for who you are. You're wonderful. You're beautiful. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you. I don't deserve you, but you lavish your grace on me. I thank you, Father, for who you are. I thank you, Jesus. And your loving kindness is never ending. It's everlasting. And you overwhelm me with who you are. And, and as you begin to thank him like that, you, you, begin to, you begin to be a bit overwhelmed with him. You begin to... And I know for me, walking up and down, concentrating like that, begins to help me fix my heart and my mind on him. But, but it's thanksgiving, but it's mixed with praise. It's mixed with adoration and worship. And, and often I, I then mix that with praying in tongues. Colin brought a brilliant message last week on speaking in tongues and the use of tongues. And, and often there's tongues. And, and sometimes, have you ever, when you worship the Lord, have you ever run out of anything to say? Anybody else apart from Lloyd and myself? Any, anybody else? You, you think, I don't know what to say anymore. And that's when you begin to speak in tongues and worship in tongues. And, 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 and there's a, in that, God then brings understanding. He begins to show you. He can reveal more of who he is. And, and that's sometimes when English or your own language isn't enough and you're just trying to express in this spiritual language that he's given you the praises and the wonders of God and your whole being is like, how many of you ever... I love that. In that context, with prayer and petition, we begin to pray. We begin to express, Father, I just give you right now all the anxiety. I give you this situation. It's not like God doesn't know. It's not like you then stop the praise and the adoration. You sit down and go, right, Father, here's my shopping list now. Jesus, I want to talk to you about this. In that place of relationship and adoration and worship, it's like, Father, you know the anxiety, you know the fears, you know the circumstances, you know the impossibilities, you know the challenges that I face, you know the symptoms that are going on in my body, you know the relational fallout there is between me and someone else or something that's going on, whatever it is. But it's in that context of anxiety or the circumstances that we then begin to go, Father, I just thank you that in the midst of this challenge, in the midst of this moment, Father, I thank you that you're with me. I thank you that you're my healing. I thank you that you're my, my wisdom. I thank you that you're my patience. I thank you for all that I need in here to love this person. Father, I just ask you to forgive me for whatever I've done in this situation. Cleanse my heart. I, I want to reach out. or Whatever's relevant in that moment, Father, I just thank you. And, and you, what you find is thanksgiving becomes just intertwined with how you are praying. So it becomes less asking God for things and more in the context of that relationship and worship, you begin to intertwine that with, with Father, I thank you. You are wonderful. You're amazing and awesome and all of that. And Father, I thank you that you're my peace. I thank you, my peace in the storm. It's not God, get me out of it. Get me out of the storm. 
He's like, no, I want to show you who I am in the storm, in the situation. Because I want you, I want to show you who I am so that you grow in trust, you grow in knowing me, you grow in my character and my who I am, so that you that, that trust in me and walk with me becomes more stable, becomes more secure. There's a more consistency because you're seeing who I am in the midst of life and in the midst of situations. And 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 sometimes it's not, I know sometimes it is, Father, I give you this anxiety. I just want to let it go. Sometimes it's like, Father, I thank you, you're my peace in the midst of this circumstance. And and what you find is something begins to change on the inside of you as thanksgiving begins to be released in these moments. Then what happens, verse 7, I love this. And as a result of this, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Wow, there can be a lot that goes on up here, right? There can be a lot. Sometimes this thing is going at 180 miles an hour, right? What about this? What about that? What about the other? I haven't got this. I haven't got that. There's this pressure, that spin to plate, plate to spin, this circumstance, this situation. La, 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 la. Pressure, 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 pressure. Your mind can be going. But there's a place of rest that we live in, not just live from, but live in. And how we live in that place of rest, we rejoice. Amen. We worship. We bring the stuff to him with thanksgiving, prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Peace begins to come in the storm. He transcends all of the stuff that goes on in there. He begins to speak in those moments. Why? Because we're not focusing Saying, God, what about this? God, what about that? And I want you to do this and please will you do that and please will you do the other. I'm asking you. Our asking needs to shift from just asking into receiving thanksgiving. See, thanksgiving enables you to receive from him. I've told you this before, but, you know, when I grew up, I had eczema really bad. I had to have bandages on all my arms and my legs, just constant for years and years. And... Every night before I went to bed, um, one of my parents would pray with me and, and every night I was like, Jesus, would you please heal me? Please would you heal me of this? And as I, I don't know, I can't remember what age now, 11 or 12, something like that. And um, I went to, up to go to bed waiting for one of my parents one night. And as I lay there waiting for them, these thoughts went through my mind. Jesus went to the cross and he took every sickness with him. So if he's taken every sickness, he's taken, I used to call it my eczema. He's taken my eczema with him. And if he's taken my eczema, it's not my eczema anymore. It was just these thoughts. At 11 or 12 years old, I wasn't going, oh, the Lord spoke to me, everybody. It was like, well, it was obviously was, but it was just these thoughts. And so this eczema's not mine. He took it to the cross. So if it's not mine any longer and he took it to the cross, I don't have it. That means I'm healed. Your mind goes, yeah, but you still got the symptoms. But in terms of what God was saying, he's like, yeah, but I've dealt with it, you're healed. And so one of my parents came up and I said what was going through my head and, and they said, so what are you going to pray from now on then? And, and I said, I'm just going to thank him. And so every night from then, I just said, thank you, Jesus, I'm healed. Thank you, I can live in a place, because it was, it was like, I used to live with this constant irritation. And, um, 
And just that Thanksgiving, I even went to school the next day and told all my, all my mates that I was healed. God had healed me of X-Men. They were like, hmm, yeah, right. And, uh, and it was a little while later um, that all the symptoms just completely went, disappeared. And sometimes the mind says one thing, but his word says another. And thanksgiving helps us to line up with his word. Let's just jump into another verse because of time this morning. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Same three things. Look what it says. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Uh, someone in the next few weeks is going to be praying on, I think it's Jane, is going to be speaking on praying continually. What does that mean? How do you live a prayerful life throughout the day? Okay, she's going to be speaking about that. Give thanks in all circumstances, but this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How many of you know it's not the easiest thing to do to give thanks in all circumstances? It, it doesn't say give thanks in the ones where you feel good. Or the situations that are going right. Thank you, Jesus. Everything's just humming at the moment. It's brilliant. How many of you know it's a bit tougher when stuff is coming at you? You still go, thank you, Jesus. It, it, it's interesting. God never says, give thanks for evil. Or give thanks for the negative. What he's saying is, in the midst, in all circumstances, give thanks. Jane and I are praying into something at the moment. A situation... And uh, we're, we're, we know God has spoken to us. He's given us several scriptures. Jane's had a dream about something. And, and there's other things he's shown us and spoke to us. So in a, a thing, we're praying through about something at the moment. Um, we, are, we are praying the word. and we're, you know, But most of it is, Father, we thank you that you have spoken. We thank you that you bring your word about. Your word says that your word never returns to it without fulfilling, accomplishing what it was sent to do. And so, Father, we thank you that this is your promise, or one of them, in this situation. And so we take hold of the promise, and we thank you for the fulfillment of every word that you are speaking. So we're not going back to God saying, God, we're just going to remind you again of the situation, because... I don't think anything's happening yet, so I'm, I don't, you're probably busy over there, so I'm just going to remind you again. No, we're coming with thanksgiving. Father, thank you that you have spoken. And because you have spoken and, and released the word, that means something is already happening. And so we're thanking you for the fulfillment of what has already been spoken and released. Do you know what I mean? So we're living in a place of thanksgiving. Does that mean there can be some emotional up and down in different ways? No, that's, that can happen because we're, we're, we're people. But what we're holding on to, whether, we, whether in any given moment it's like, yeah, this is going good, or mm, this is still pretty challenging, it's like, Father, we're not striving. We're not in fear. We're in a place of rest and peace because God has spoken. And therefore, because he's spoken, it's a lot easier in a storm to be thankful. Sometimes the emotions are like, you know, but in those moments, thank you, Jesus, even when you're bawling your eyes out about something, thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Thank you that you're in the midst of the moment, working out your purposes. It's, it's, and it's, the, it's in these moments that we grow. It's in these moments that our relationship with God is proving what it is. It's being strengthened. It's maturing. 
It's developing in us. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Um, Let's just use a practical analogy with Jesus then. Matthew 14, feeding of the 5,000, okay? Um, context, people have been there all day. Well, he, he, he landed off a boat um, after John, he heard that John the Baptist had been beheaded. He wanted some time on his own. And um, as he comes off the boat onto the shore, the people heard where he was and they were all around. I love this. He said he had compassion on them and healed all the sick. So in the midst of his grieving for his cousin, who'd just been killed, um, he, he still was moved with compassion for the people. Right. And he, it said he healed all yeah. of, their, of the sick. Wow. It wasn't just one or two. It was like all. And the heart and the compassion um, that Jesus had. The, but then what does it say in here? Um, the disciples come and say, as evening approached, they say, hey, Jesus, look, they've been with us all day. They're hungry. Um, we need to send them away to some, some of the villages so they can buy some food. And what does Jesus say in the midst of that request that they brought to him? Sometimes we have situations where we come to the Lord and we say, Father, you need to do this. You need to do that. They came to Jesus saying, Jesus, you need to send them all away to go and get this. Sometimes we come to the Lord like that and we say, God, you need to do this to meet the need in this moment. But what did Jesus in that moment say to them? He said, he, Jesus replied, verse 16 of uh, Matthew 14, they do not need to go away, you give. Wow. You give them something to eat. You give. What was, his res- what was their response? Verse 17. We have... Only five loaves and two fish. So he, they're like, there's, there's 5,000 men, it says, plus women and children. I don't know, you can guess how many, 10, 15, 20,000 or more that were there. Send them away. No, you feed them. What? We've only got a couple of fish, a tuna sandwich. That's all we've got with us. And... Um, and so what did Jesus say? He says, okay, bring them to me. Then he directed everybody sit down, taking the loaves and the fish. He looked up to heaven. What did he do then? It said, he gave thanks and then broke the loaves. He gave thanks. He took the little and he thanked the father for the little. He And what was he doing when he thanked him? He thanked him for the impossible that was about to take place. That's what he was doing. He was thanking him that what he had in his hands was about to do the impossible and feed 15, 20, 25,000 people. How many of you sometimes you feel a bit like that in the midst of circumstances, situations or whatever, and, 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 and... we're like, God, you've got to do something. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to do the other. Come on, God, move, move, move. And, and, he's, and, and he turns to us sometimes and I think he's like, so what do you have in your hands? And we're like, what's that got to do with it? What do you have in your hands? It's like, well, I've only got that. And he goes, that's enough. That's enough for a miracle. That's enough for the impossible. So what do we do with our lives? What do we do in those situations? Jesus I put what I have in your hands right now. 
What is Jesus doing at the moment for you and I? He is interceding for you and I at this moment. So when we come to him like this, we're giving ourselves to him, putting the situation in his hands. And what does he do? He holds it up to the Father. He does the same thing as he did then. He gives thanks. Father, thank you that Clive's just put this situation in my hands. Instead of him trying to do it in his own strength, I've been waiting for a while, but he's, he's now given it and put it in my hands. So Father, I thank you for what he's just put himself or whatever it is in my hands. And then what does he do? He turns back round to me and he says, and he's, he, in this situation, he broke it up and he gave a little bit to all the disciples. Where did they see the release? It was in the release of them actually then doing whatever Jesus showed them to do. Jesus didn't suddenly do a miracle and create an mountain of food. It would have been pandemonium, wouldn't it, if that had happened. And he, he puts back into their hand what they gave him. But then when they think about what they're doing in a different way, rather than from a place of lack, they might have looked at it and gone, I don't know what you and I, we would have been the same as them, right? Don't, don't just think, oh yeah, I'd have been there. Here we go then, come on. They didn't know what was going to happen. And in that moment, they're like, well, we gave him five loaves and a bit of fish. Now I've got half a fish and a quarter of a loaf. And it's like, okay. And, and you can imagine them as they began to give more out and as it began to multiply. But what happened in the end? They had more at the end than they started with in the beginning, yet 15, 20, 25,000. Hey, they started with five and two and they had 12 basketfuls left over. And I'm sure you've heard this before. It's funny how there were 12 basketfuls, 12 disciples. It's like God saying, hey, there's more than enough, lads. You can even take it away. In the midst of lack and not enough, Jesus gave thanks and the impossible began to happen. So sometimes we look at how much do I have and how's that going to meet that need. If you look at the 4,000, feeding of the 4,000, they had more loaves and more fish. So in the natural, they had more to start with, even though it still couldn't work, that fed less people. With the 5,000, they started with even less, but it fed even more. Why is thankfulness so important? Because in our weakness, his strength is perfected. I don't know as you're going longer with God in your life, you're aware of all your, more and more of your weaknesses, what you, what you don't know anymore what, in compared to what you did think you knew. And you realise I'm even more dependent on God now than I ever have been. I, I, let's all stand together. Just as we, we just respond to him this morning, in Exodus 32, there's the story... Moses is up the mountain with the Lord. He's, he's giving him the law. He's right. There's all sorts of stuff he's giving him, showing him about the tabernacle and what needs to be built and how it's going to be built. And he's giving him all this stuff. And the people down at the foot of the mountain, they're like, Moses, he's in a long time. He's been up there a long time. Was he all right? Is he still alive? Is he coming back? And, and uh, if you know the story, they end up basically making a golden calf. They start worshipping that and they get into all sorts of the Bible said, the word in... And it's revelry. They get into all kinds of revelry and everything. And, and Moses comes down from the mountain and he sees this scene and all the noise because the Lord said to him, the people are turning away from me. They're in sin. You need to go down. So he, when he sees it, he's like, oh, my word, what's going on? And um, at first, not, not as in he looked. And 
what he does, he goes amongst them and he says, hey, and he sorts the disorder out, okay? But it's interesting when you read that story, there is a verse in there somewhere where he remembers what God said to him on the mountain. Sometimes as believers, we catch a vision on the mountain, but then we lose sight of it in the midst of the circumstances or the problem or in life. Moses, when he came down, in the natural, he could have thought, oh, I've just been in the Holy of Holies. You know, he had the aura around, you know, the presence of God around him. And all the people, everyone, even Aaron, his right-hand man, had gone off. he was off with the fairies too with everything that was going on. But he didn't lose sight. Hang on a minute, this is what God has spoken. And that's why with thanksgiving, what are we doing? The first thing with thanksgiving, we're reminding ourselves, this is who God is. And sometimes in the midst of circumstances in life, we can lose sight of what is going on. I feel overwhelmed. What is happening? Everything on the end is agitated, annoyed. This is like shouting at me, like louder than anything else. And part of the tenacity of faith, sometimes the true grittedness of being a believer is like, okay, Jesus, I'm going to remind myself who you are. I'm going to stand up or whatever you need to do. And I, Jesus, I thank you that you are Lord. I thank you that you are God. I thank you in the midst of this circumstance, you are my rock. You are my peace or whatever you need to say in that moment. You're reminding yourself. You're entering into who he is in that moment so that he begins to influence and impact what is going on rather than the other way around. And Moses, he remembered what he had received on the mountain. That's so, so important. There's loads of other examples we could use this morning. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And when you unpack that, it starts thanking, praising, worshipping right before him. That's why often in lots of church meetings, often things can start with more praise and adoration, and, but where it's going is we want to go right into the throne room and worship. Sometimes people say, oh, you should just do this, that, or the other. Actually, there's a biblical pattern to that. I know it can become rote if we're not careful. But actually, we should start when we come together or in a smaller setting or when we're on our own. It's like in our homes. Father, thank you for who you are. You're worthy of praise, worthy of adoration. But it's not long before it's like, Father, oh, you are holy. You are wonderful. You are mighty. It's less about praise and more about worship and adoration. So this morning, I want all of us to, some of you might have circumstances that are more challenging than others at this moment. Just, I want you to thank the Lord that in the midst of whatever you're in, he is there with you right now. Just verbalize that right now. Whatever's going on, whatever you need, whatever needs to happen, it could be for you, it could be for someone else or whatever. It could be a work situation that's challenging and you're like, you, if you met my boss, Clive, you wouldn't be thankful and all of that. If you know the pressure I was under, you know, you wouldn't be thankful. It's like, well, we, we have to start somewhere. We're not thanking God for the pressure. We're thanking him for who he is in the middle of the pressure because he's the one that can depressurize it. 
and give you the wisdom or the favour or whatever it is for change and, and for a breakthrough in that situation. So let's all just raise our hands as well to him as if to say, Father, I acknowledge you are Lord, you are God, you're bigger than me, I'm reaching out to you right now. Just thank him that he is God in the middle of your circumstances. It might be that you need some healing. Father, thank you that you're my healing in the midst of these symptoms. I thank you that you're my forgiveness in the midst of where I think I've done something wrong. You're the one, if you, made a, if you think you've made some bad decisions and you're regretting those bad decisions, Father, I thank you. You're the one who can restore. You're the one who can deal with regret. I thank you that even in a bad decision, you can turn that around and you can make that a good one. What the enemy would want to make for, for bad or for evil, you can turn it around for good. So I thank you, Father, even in my bad decision or, or whatever, I thank you, you can turn that around and I thank you for your peace in the midst of the storm. I thank you, Jesus, that you're my rock. God's here this morning. He's here. Thanksgiving is a walk. It's a, it's a way of life. And I want to encourage you just to be thankful for all that you have. Maybe thank him. If you're, thank, if you're married, thank him for your husband or, or your wife. Thank him. If you've got kids, thank him for your kids. Thank him for your parents. Thank him for your siblings. Thank him for all that you've you got grandkids. Thank him for them. If you're... Whatever you have in your life, thank him. Say, Father, I don't ever want to take what I have for granted. I don't want to be a moaner, a complainer. You know, if you're full of thanksgiving, it stops you from becoming a moaner and a complainer. Moaning, complaining doesn't change anything. It just compounds everything in you. But thanksgiving brings, it's a release valve that, that deals with complaining and moaning. It shifts things to become a father. I thank you in the midst of this. I choose to thank you right now. I'm not going to moan and complain and be negative, but I choose to thank you. So I move from negativity to victory, into overcoming, into being thankful for who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is another tool in your toolbox. It threads through a lot of prayer, a lot of different types of prayer. It's another weapon in your arsenal. It's powerful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes you find yourself in the middle of a situation and you might be like, God, how did I get here? How did you put me here? What? And in the midst of that, you're like, Father, I'm in the middle of this situation. I don't want to be here. It feels uncomfortable. It feels challenging. I'm not sure how to handle it. But Father, I thank you that you're here with me in it right now. I thank you that you're going to enable me to walk with you and you're with me in it. I thank you for the wisdom I need, the discernment I need, the ideas that I need. I thank you for your heart, whatever it is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.